Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. When Jan Warner's husband died in 2009, she felt as though her entire existence had been blown apart. Jan channeled that energy into creating Grief Speaks Out, which is a Facebook page. It's got more than 2.4 million members from around the world. And into her popular book, Grief Day by Day. Jan knows grief is an impossibly difficult landscape to navigate in normal times. And in the midst of a pandemic, things can seem even more difficult than before. So she's here to share some tools, share her experience about grieving in the time of COVID-19. Are you ready to meet her? Jan Warner leads an eclectic life with a master's in counseling degree and training in hypnotherapy and NLP. She's worked in child abuse prevention and suicide prevention. For a time, she owned a bookstore called The Turning Page. Jan never imagined that her life work would be supporting grieving people and educating others about the true nature of grief. That Facebook page I mentioned, Grief Speaks Out, is a loving community of more than 2.4 million people from just about every country in the world. And her book, Grief Day by Day, Simple Practices and Daily Guidance for Living with Loss, has sold more than 25,000 copies. Before the pandemic, Jan was a vagabond. She's been to all seven continents. She's produced documentary films and an off-Broadway play. But her favorite role in life is being a grandmother. You can find out more about Jan and her work at facebook.com slash grief speaks out. That takes you right to that page we're talking about. Facebook.com slash grief speaks out. Jan, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. We are in a time of so much loss. And you've said that this pandemic, this turbulent time brings complicated grieving. What do you mean when you say that? I, I, I pause for a second because complicated grief is also something that people use to describe grief to make it seem as though it's not natural mm-hmm. and there's nothing more natural than grieving. So it's different. If I put the word complicate on it, you go, ah, but if you say it's different, then there might be a space for something to bubble up through it that makes it workable. Mm -hmm. The reason why it's different is there's so many levels. First of all, we're grieving for our lives because our lives have changed. Whether you're somebody like I am, my family, we wear masks, we socially distance, we follow rules that will keep our community safe, or you're somebody that believes that that interferes with your liberty, we've lost our lives. They're not the same as they were in March. March to me seems like 5,000 years ago. Yeah. So I feel very lucky because I'm financially stable. You may be grieving for something like not being able to go to theater or something as simple as not being able to get your hair done. That's fine to be grieving for that. You may be grieving for something more complicated, like having to stand 
in line to get food for your family for the first time or be afraid of eviction. That's okay to be grieving for that. I have talked to more people who have loved ones in nursing homes or hospitals. I even had to go to the hospital just for an x-ray. And it was very strange to have to go in by myself because usually my daughter comes in and sits with me. I'm 69, my daughter's 45. Um, And then there are people that have actually had people die and they haven't been able to sit by their side. I was, as much as I hate the fact that my husband died, I was very blessed that he died at home and I held his hand. And when we went to the hospital, we sat together. People have watched loved ones in nursing homes through windows or their last words were said on FaceTime. In addition to that, there's that general mourning. I, I mourning grieving. It's a funny word mourning because it means incredible sadness, but it's also, if you spell it differently, the beginning of the day. I don't know where that came from. So you, you all have to figure that one out, but it's, um, I don't know how to grieve for 190,000 people of my fellow citizens and people all over the world. I don't know how to grieve for all the people that have lost businesses. I know people that were going to start businesses and they had invested all their money and now it's gone. There's even a, a famous restaurateur who I don't know how he feels, Jonathan Waxman, who opened a new restaurant in February mm-hmm. and it was gone in March. So that's what makes it different is it's to look for the joy as possible, for example, and then I'll maybe stop answering this particular question, is that my daughter and granddaughter have been more loving to me than they might normally have been because I live by myself. And at one point, my daughter said to me, you have to take really good care of yourself because we don't want you to die because you're too important to us. That's not something she would have said out loud. Wow. She would have felt it, but she wouldn't have said it. So grief, the, the, Ooh, I don't know what the word is to put on it, but the, it's seductive. The most seductive part of grief is to cover your, all your senses in black and not allow any light through. So that's always the trick is to, how to start putting those little pinpricks in it so that the light comes through and the light is usually based on love. And that light doesn't mean, yay, we're over it now. Everything's happy. I guess we're done. No. And that light feels more that it's about maybe how to be sharing and supporting with other people to be present, even in a world that's full of so much loss. That's part of it. That's I find myself, which I never thought I'd do, quoting Mr. Rogers a lot, look for the helpers, look for the people that are doing well in terms of caring for other people that are feeding doctors and nurses that are doing things to support other people. And I, this idea of, of, of being over it especially when it's still happening, always seemed a little silly to me because Mm -hmm. for me, I know people that have asked to be relieved from from grief. So that is a possibility. But most people, if somebody is central to your life, 
and they die, you just miss them every day and it can be exhausting. And if there's something that you loved in your life, like you loved to go to football games or you love to go to the theater and that's not going to happen for another year, they're not in any way in the same category, but there's still a sadness. Um, one of the things I, that was odd for me was that my husband died 11 years ago. I've spent the past 11 years learning how not to isolate because I know how for myself that would be destructive. And I've had to spend since March learning how to isolate and yet not oh. make it too comfortable. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No, I, I can relate to that. I was, I heard an interview, uh, with LeVar Burton, I think it was an old interview, but I was listening to it this morning. I heard an interview with LeVar Burton where he said that um, the only way through this time is to live with an open heart. And it, one of the things I know about you is that um, you don't believe in a limiting grief, a time limit or an expression limit, right? That living with an open heart, he said, the only way to go through this time is to live with an open heart because that allows you to write to meet whatever comes with love, with a certain kind of openness, not with no boundaries or, but just with openness. And I wonder if your, I think of your work as a being kind of about open hearted grieving. And I just wonder what you think of that because it doesn't have those cruel limits on it. You, you might laugh, but, um, I'm okay with an open heart as long as I can curse um, <laughs> because I, something I serious, this is important to me is I believe that we were given a full rainbow component of emotions for a reason yeah. and that they're all valuable. A lot of people feel that there are positive and negative emotions. I believe in authentic emotions. So, and people will also ask, well, if I was doing well and then I started crying or I got angry, am I going backwards? And the answer is no, you were just feeling something. So I can have an open heart, but what I witness with my open heart can also sometimes make me really sad or make me really angry or make me really happy yeah. because it's, 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 it's so big that it's, it, it's, for me, it's more of not getting stuck. So in the beginning, I was really stuck. If I could do, I set myself a chore for the day. If I could do one thing and it could be taking a two minute walk, it could be paying one bill, but every day having a chore of the day. So at the end of the day, I could say, I did that, have an adequate day. I found a plaque that said, had it have an adequate day. Mm. And I still have it because it makes me laugh because sometimes having a good day seems like really pressure. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Part of having an open heart is if you meet somebody and somebody they love died yesterday, five days ago, or 25 years ago, if you ask them, what do you miss about the person? You're opening a door. So maybe that's it for me, that even when my heart isn't feeling particularly open in conversation, I can be opening doors with other people because people love to talk about most people love to talk about people they love who are no longer here. And I just recently got um, a post from somebody whose son died two years ago and only one person will talk to her about him. So 
what do you miss? And that's a good question about COVID too. What do you miss about your life? And then you open a door for somebody who maybe feels like they have to be happy all the time to say, gosh, I really miss hugging people. I really miss whatever it is. So we miss too much right now. And things are so chaotic. I'm not going to go into politics specifically, but things are chaotic in so many phases of our lives that to stop, breathe, have a moment of peace and say, if all I did today is breathe, sometimes that's enough. Sometimes I want to do more. And I'm going to ask, answer one more question. Oh, yeah. Ask, which is sometimes people will say, I'm doing this. Is it normal? And I've stopped asking if things are normal. I just ask if it's serving the kind of life I want to live. And sometimes if it's not serving the kind of life I want to live, I can change it. Sometimes I have to accept I can't change it today, maybe tomorrow, maybe in the next lifetime. So um, look at yourself with the kind of love that other people or maybe a pet looks at you as opposed to with your own critical eyes. That relentless pressure to be or appear happy in quotes all the time brings with it its own kind of twisty sorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I resonate strongly with what you're saying. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Jan Warner. She is the founder of the Grief Speaks Out Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com slash grief speaks out. And she's the author of Grief Day by Day, Simple Practices and Daily Guidance for Living with Loss. I pulled a quote out of the book and I put it in my notes here. I have no way to prove to you that I pulled this out before I started to talk to you, but I did. And it I think you kind of referenced it already, but I want to just share this with a listener. This is a a quote from the book. The book has quotes from other people and then it has kind of guidance and information from Jan and it's laid out in a way to help. I think of this book kind of like a ladder almost, not that I'm climbing from a low place to a high place, but something where I can go like step by step, rung by rung, idea by idea and kind of give give some structure. So here's a quote from Jan from the book. While I know people who feel they've been relieved from grief, For me, it is chronic. My grief won't end until I take my last breath. I have moments when I feel alive and strong and moments when I collapse under the weight of it. What I've learned over the years is not to succumb to it, but rather to call it out and keep moving as much as I can. I have to be a better swimmer. Do you still feel this way as you did when you wrote that? Um, Yes, I had a dear friend whose husband died when she was fairly young. And then her 50-year-old son, her only child, died when he was, I just said he was 50. And when my husband died, she wrote me a letter and she said, I can't tell you that the pain is going to go away, but I will tell you that it will gentle down over the years. Not everybody finds that. I find that, that I have a lot more tools to deal with it when it comes And she also told me that she thinks a lot about how lucky she was to have love in her life because not everybody does. So that's sort of my, because I laugh sometimes, I still have my husband's Yankee jacket. If you're listening from someplace and you don't know, the Yankees are a baseball team. And um, I have 
I sleep in his pajama tops. They're 11 years old. There's not one spot of his DNA left on them. Yes, they have been washed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, The missing is always there. There's nobody like my husband. There's nobody like your sister, your brother, your son, your daughter, your best friend, whoever it is. There's nobody like them. So it's normal to wake up in the morning and go, oh, they're, they're still dead. Um, I just was talking to somebody. I said, I have this fantasy where my husband comes back and I take him out and everybody's like so shocked. I can't believe he came back. And but they can't. And that's what we want. So. It's not such a hard climb anymore, but sometimes I'm angry. I yell at him. I some sometimes I'm okay with it. Sometimes I'm waiting. Some of the things that help are I remind myself that what seems like forever in terms of eternity is a blink of an eye. The other thing is that at some point it hit me. I want his life to matter more than his death. In the beginning of my grief, I just had this dead husband. Now I have this husband that's full of life and I'm always sharing his story and I'm letting him inspire me because why should the fact that he died mean more than all the things I learned from him and all the love that we shared and still share. And there's probably more in there, but it's, oh, and I, I don't know if there's life after death, but I firmly believe in it. And I call it the great party in the sky because that's the only way it makes sense to me Mm -hmm. is that we all get to go to the great party in the sky and be reunited in the same form. And if it's not true, it doesn't matter because I'll be dead and I won't know. Hmm. So what are some, because you connect through your own experience and now through all these people, more than 2 million people all over the world, what are some common misconceptions about grief that, you can shine some light on because I think we're, this is, these are things we're scared to talk about. I think sometimes. Uh, I'll tell you what people tell me. One is they think they're crazy and then they come on grief speaks out and it cuts across all cultures. Cause I do have people from Vietnam, from Africa, from, I know Africa is a continent, not a country countries in Africa. Europe. Somebody in Germany just asked for some copies of of my book. It doesn't matter where you're from. You go through similar things. So you're not crazy. Whatever you're doing, you're doing to try and cope with the most difficult thing there is to cope with. There is no time limit for grief. People will say, aren't you over it yet? A a very sweet woman. I thought I was brilliant because I used to say I'm okay without being I'm okay with not being okay. And this very sweet woman said still after two weeks. um, And yeah, still for the rest of my life. So you, you, I, I learned how to be what I call fully alive with grief. And some days I can do it. Some days I, I can't. I use, for an example, the metaphor of a sunflower because the sunflower has a very, very dark center, but it also has brightly colored yellow petals. So as I get older and more experienced in being a grief whisperer, I have more and more yellow petals, which are my happy moments, my productive moments. 
but the sunflower I've been told also faces that turns to face the sun. And in some ways I turn to face my husband still after all these years and get sustenance from the relationship we had. Um, so don't ever let anybody tell you that you're grieving the wrong way because you're not, you're not going backwards. You're just feeling what you feel. Uh, and I'll actually do this because I, th this is my secret that I was afraid to tell anybody. And then I told people and no, first of all, I hope you don't run away. Nobody ran away, but also I found out a lot of, a lot of other people do it. I really thought that I would put my husband's ashes in a beautiful urn but they're in their original paper bag in a, a paper bag. Oh my goodness. That'd be awful. In a plastic bag <laughs> in a decorative pillow on my bed. My daughter knows which one. So that um, when I'm gone, it doesn't get, you know, given to a thrift store and give somebody a scare. Um, but I like having him really close, even though I know he's not in his ashes. So whatever you're doing, if you're not hurting yourself or hurting somebody else, it's just what you're doing. And we need spaces for to be able to say that to people and not have them go, oh, that's really sick or you're really crazy or you should be over it or I don't want to talk to you anymore. The other thing that people need to know is a lot of people will stop talking to you. And that's very hurtful that people you trust don't know how to deal with a grieving person. So if people have stopped talking to you, that's normal. Um, it's just, it's a different path. And if you don't understand what that path is, that's a good thing. Cause that means that you haven't had somebody die. Who's the center of your universe. Oh, and it's also okay to find new relationships. Um, it's okay to be alive. You're not hurting somebody because you, I, there, I've chosen not to date, but there are widows and widowers who still love very much the person that died and they found a new partner. There are people that will always miss their child that have had another child, one child, one spouse, one best friend doesn't replace another, but it's okay to keep living. Cause I, I used to say by mistake, we died instead of he died, but I didn't die. I'm still alive. Um, and usually that's a good thing, sometimes not so much. Um, and you can't see around corners, so hang in there, because I, I thought I was going to die when he died. I didn't understand why I didn't, because that's what I was supposed to do. But I've had some really magical things happen to me in the past 11 years that I wouldn't have wanted to miss. So, Dan, with just a couple minutes left together, can you tell the listeners how they can find the Facebook group and how they can get their hands on a copy of Grief Day by Day. People are buying this, and I'm one of them. Um, people are taking this book and donating it, donating it to libraries, to hospices. Um, I just, so that you know, just in full disclosure, Jan and I have known and loved each other for what? I don't know, like 30 years, 27, <laughs> 30. I've loved you forever. Um, but my dad in the senior place where my dad lives, there are copies of your book in the little library in his place. How can listeners get their own copy of the book? Thank you. It's called Grief Day by Day, Simple Practices and Daily Guidance for Living with Loss by Jan Warner. And I'm sure Karen will put it up someplace. At this point, if you Google it or Bing or whatever your favorite search engine is, that's the best way. Amazon has it. 
but Target has it. You can buy used copies. You can buy new copies. It's available in Kindle. It's it's lots of different places. It's even there's a place that sells um, some very pricey a books, uh, pricey used books called abooks.com. And there was a copy selling for $95. Don't buy that one. Wow. <laughs> a lot cheaper. I don't know who was selling that <laughs> or why. And I couldn't even believe it was there. So Google the book. The Facebook page is www.facebook.com slash out. And you can check, like, and follow, or you can just look at it. And you're always willing to share anything I write or post with or without attribution. I'm not somebody that I care more about getting the message out than I do um, having my name attached to something. Jan, thank you for getting your message out here. I'm really glad um, that you did this. Thank you. And you, I, I've loved you forever too. I don't. Want to <laughs> isn't that isn't that funny? <laughs> That's, and I want that ninety five dollar copy of the book because that must have like gold leaf, or do you think like candy comes out when you open the pages? Like what makes it so special? That's I what have I want to know. no idea. I was just <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so that is Jan Warner, and she is the author of Grief Day by Day, Simple Practices and Daily Guidance for Living with Loss. You can find that anywhere pretty much that books are sold. Don't don't pay $95 unless you really, really want that special magic one. You can find out more about Jan and her work. Connect with that loving community at facebook.com slash grief speaks out. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes, and you can even book a private session with me if you are so inclined. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.